Hello and welcome to CM Conversations. I'm today's host, Herbie Laidlaw. My role here at CM Medical is to specialise in recruitment in the digital healthcare space globally. In this episode, I talk to Maurice Chan, CEO and co-founder of Priory Health, a data-driven telemedicine company that supports mental health patients through personalised care and treatment. In my conversation with Maurice, we discuss the importance of telehealth and telepsychiatry. I hope you enjoy listening. If you want to start by kind of just introducing yourself, we'll just go from there. Sounds great. So my name is Maurice. I'm the founder and CEO of Prairie Health. Originally from Nashville, moved out to California uh, a couple of years back and studied bioengineering uh, as an undergrad and, and grad school computer science at Stanford. Uh, really throughout the past couple of years, I saw the opportunity to create change through entrepreneurship and clinical innovation. And all of this allowed me to pursue what I'm really passionate about, uh, which is mental health care. Having seen personally family and friends suffer from inadequate access to care and poor treatment, you know, I started Prairie Health to reimagine mental health care by putting patients and patient outcomes first and building a world where everyone has access to amazing care. Okay, good. Obviously, mental health care is a massive issue now, really, isn't it? Um, Obviously, when you're kind of looking at the work you guys are doing, what was the kind of main reason into being different and doing what Priory are doing specifically? The big priority for us is around driving better care outcomes. Today, so much of care is driven by trial and error treatment. And what that means is, you know, 200 pound white guy, a 90 pound Hispanic female, for example, they're going to receive the same medication at the same starting dosage because right now we just don't have data to better inform care. So for the people who are actually using these medications most, they're not being served by the healthcare system today. And we really think that in order to move care forward, in order to make care access and care outcomes more equitable, we need to really move the needle on uh, data and on outcomes um, using better tooling and evidence-based care. Good. It's kind of elaborate on that, really. If everyone's kind of an issue now in the current moment is getting offered the same kind of treatment, really, it could be doing it for like six months then. And technically, it's not actually even benefiting them. Yeah. And that's really the unfortunate part where you can imagine all the way from this kind of access to care problem where like people are so stigmatized, you know, and Mental health care is so hard, you know, so hard for people to get over that barrier to entry and get in the door. And then they have to deal with the high cost of care and the insurance and navigating all of that. And then availability and like, you know, 75% of people can't even get a hold of a psychiatrist, uh, for example. And on average, after they even get a hold of a psychiatrist, they have to wait 25 days till their first appointment. You know, after all of this, right, after they overcome all of these hurdles, they get in the door they're given some random medication, let's say 10 milligrams of escitalopram. And, you know, they're like, okay, like, you know, come back in six to 12 weeks, like, let me know what's happening. Um, And there's just no continuity of care. There's no personalization of care. And, you know, it's really not a surprise that, you know, over 50% of people end up discontinuing their medication prematurely uh, because of side effects and because of inefficacy. so, you know, exactly to your point, like you could go half a year on a medication that doesn't make sense for you, titrating up on dosing. Um, you could go half a year experimenting with multiple different medications and experiencing different side effects uh, that, that could really adversely affect your life when there could be better treatment options out there for you. 
So technically, if that's then happening, in theory, it technically increases like the number of hospitalizations and things like that as well. You know, downstream, there's a bunch of other consequences to poor care. You know, one of them obviously being how it affects the patient and the fact that they deserve better care. But to your point, exactly, you know, downstream, uh, inadequate care, uh, ineffective treatment options, poor medications, that can lead to hospitalizations, increased healthcare utilization. On average, people with anxiety and depression have between four and five X the number of hospitalizations or the rate of hospitalization as compared to the general population. So you see this population, you know, uh, who, especially when, when they're poorly treated, um, experience really adverse health outcomes for both themselves and for the healthcare system. So from your kind of point of view, uh, especially what you guys are doing as well and the market as a whole, what are going to be ways and obviously overcoming this and what's going to be a solution? How are we going to improve the access to care? Yeah, you know, I think the big lever at our disposal today that didn't exist or, or wasn't commonly accepted five, 10 years ago was telehealth. Um, you know, it's really interesting that psychiatrists and therapists, before COVID, there was this real resistance to telehealth. And for, for, for good reason, I think there's a lot of things that are potentially better done in person. But now that COVID has hit, everyone's tried out telehealth. Many people are seeing that telehealth can be a tool and exactly that, just a tool, not a, one, not a kind of one size fits all solution. Certainly there is a place for in-person care. Certainly there is a place for other care modalities that actually might be more appropriate. But telehealth is a tool in our toolkit where you're able to seek care from the comfort of your couch, from your bed, on your own terms, where can certain conditions like PTSD and certain phobias Telehealth actually leads to better outcomes and patients are more comfortable seeking care in that way. It lowers the barrier to entry. Um, and the American Psychiatric Association calls it equivalent to in-person care, but different. Uh, and that's exactly what it is. Um, but you know, one caveat I'd throw in here is that telehealth is just a tool, right? And telehealth can be executed well and it can be executed poorly. And to a large degree today, telehealth is synonymous with lower quality care. It's faster, it's cheaper, you know, it's asynchronous sometimes, and it doesn't have to be that way. Where in person, you go to your primary care physician, you build a relationship with your doctor, you build a relationship with your nurse. It's not just with some one-off contracted clinician uh, that's gonna see you one time and uh, not really have full context around your medical history. Um, you know, that's like one version of telehealth, right? But telehealth can be used for good and for bad. And like the good version of telehealth, uh, as far as access to care is concerned, is one that really, again, focuses on not just improving access to care, but really driving better outcomes using telehealth as a tool to move care forward. Um, so that means, you know, still bringing the best practices of in-person care, care continuity, improving efficacy of care, potentially using remote patient monitoring and longitudinal techniques to, uh, to improve the number of clinical touch points with the patients, uh, things like that. Like that's the types of doors that telehealth opens up. And that's really what can move the needle in terms of access to care and care quality. Yeah, obviously to kind of move on, continuity of healthcare is a massive issue in that sense as well. And like you said previously, 
that a lot of people like to go see a psychiatrist because you specifically just have one psychiatrist. It's always that relationship, people who have got problems are then building with each other. So in theory, if you're using telehealth, wouldn't that mean that sometimes you're not using the same psychiatrist? Meaning the continuity of care wouldn't be the same. Yeah, so that's a really great question. Um, and, and I can talk about it in the context of how we think about things generally in terms of best practices and evidence-based care. And I can talk about it a bit about how we think about things at Prairie. So, you know, as we kind of touched on in terms of continuity of care, there's a couple of big problems really where the biggest one is like no follow-ups or support between visits today. It's like you go see your psych or you go see a primary care physician, they prescribe you meds and you wait six to 12 weeks, three months plus on average between your follow-up visits, they send you home and there's no contact, it's radio silence. And in that time, there's potential for non-compliance. There's really a loneliness in this treatment experience and an isolation and getting medication where there's no continuity, no follow-up, no support. And the solution to this is, you know, to your point, you know, you wanna be, you wanna have continuity with a certain provider. You wanna be able to see them more often. You wanna be able to know that they're monitoring your progress remotely. So that's where, tools like remote patient monitoring can come in where the doctor can, you know, over time, you know, let's say you're filling out this survey on your phone uh, that's talking about your depression and your symptoms and how you're feeling. Your doctor can be reviewing that over time to keep a pulse on your progress. In addition, the, another potential solution here is care management. Uh, there's a big trial uh, many years back called the impact trial uh, that used care management in a kind of geriatric psychiatry population uh, and has really started to build out this body of evidence suggesting that, hey, using someone like a care manager, maybe that's a social worker or a nurse practitioner uh, or, or some kind of, um, you know, some kind of mental health professional uh, who's able to check in with you over time, who's able to say, you know, hey, like, how's it going at week one? How's it going at week two? Like, let me check in with you to make sure that your symptoms are under control. Like you're not experiencing any severe side effects. Make sure that we're coordinating care with your therapist, with your other healthcare providers. That can actually really move the needle on continuity of care and care outcomes. So uh, I, I think there's tons of levers here that we can use um, between care management and staying with a certain provider over time where they're able to monitor your progress uh, to even potential like things like online communities that can move the needle on, on people feeling cared for and, and heard. Yeah, to be honest with you, I actually recently spoke to some of my network and I actually said um, something along the lines of that basically people are actually seeing high levels of satisfaction actually now, aren't they, with using telepsychiatry anyway? Exactly. And the funny thing is that it's both from the patient side and from the provider side where they're both like, you know what, like, why would I ever want to jump in my car, tell my boss I need to take half a day off work, drive to some office, sit in the waiting room, and then you know, see my doc for 15 minutes, jump back in my car, drive through traffic, you know, back to my office. And, you know, it just doesn't make sense where there's so much stigma, so much time, so much inconvenience, such a high barrier to entry associated with that process, where I'd feel more comfortable if I was able to, you know, be at my home on my couch in my bed where I feel safe, comfortable and secure, and then see a doctor and, 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 
you know, I think that's one of the unique advantages of psychiatry, um, where you can have that telehealth style care, uh, where it's not necessary in a lot of instances for you to be seen in person. Yeah, definitely. When you actually kind of look at it and you actually do break it down, it is actually a no brainer <laughs> to anyone who obviously needs care. It's ticking all the boxes. It's affordable. Like you say, it's accessible, higher satisfaction. It makes you wonder why people don't do it more often. Um, it's going to be interesting to see actually over this year, is it going to be increased or how much you've used? If we're looking at kind of last year, what do you kind of see the transition being towards the sort of back end of this year? And so the people using telehealth to have telepsychiatry. I, I think that last year represents a paradigm shift in how people think about telehealth. And I think it's going to be a fundamental and lasting shift in the way people seek care uh, and in the way that providers view telehealth as a tool in their toolkit for improving care. That said, again, I still think it's going to come down to this issue of telehealth as a tool, right? Anyone can jump on Zoom and call that telehealth, right? There's nothing fancy there. You know, we're doing, you know, we're doing it right now. It's, <laughs> you know, right? You just jump on a HIPAA compliant Zoom and boom, you know, you have telehealth. Um, the real question is, you know, how are we gonna use this to improve care and improve the quality of care? Which is, um, which I think is the outstanding question for this transition to digital first care. Um, I think we're certainly gonna see telehealth come and be here to stay. Uh, you know, the next question is like, which companies in this space are gonna succeed? Which practices in this space are gonna succeed? And in my opinion, those that are gonna have, you know, longevity five, 10 years from now are not just gonna be the ones that are, you know, setting up a Zoom. They're gonna be the ones that uh, are using it to, again, improve the continuity and efficacy of care. Yeah, definitely. That's a big thing with continuity because when you actually look, there's so many startups now, even if you go just on your LinkedIn feed, there's new companies coming around every single day. Um, and it's actually looking, okay, who are we going to look and develop and make sure the quality of that care is going to stay to the high standard? Because if it doesn't, there is going to be issues kind of down the line really, isn't there? Certainly. And especially when you're talking about mental health, right? Where companies see this opportunity of like, oh, okay, like, why not we prescribe these antidepressants online? You know, how about we use nurse practitioners or how about we use, um, you know, people who, uh, or general practitioners to prescribe medications? How about we even make this asynchronous where you don't even have to see a doctor in person to get prescribed antidepressants? And that ultimately is not in the best interest of the patient where, you know, in psychiatry, you know, I, I think the worst thing for psychiatry is going to be a bunch of pill pushers showing up on the market being like, okay, like, you know, come here, like I'll give you meds. You know, our firm belief at Prairie is that, you know, medication is necessary for a lot of people to get better. And we know that 70% of people who are diagnosed with anxiety or depression will try an antidepressant at some point in their treatment journey. Um, but for people who don't need medication, we don't want them to get medication. But if you do need medication, you're currently being underserved today, right? You either go through the traditional healthcare system where it's so hard to access care and 
the care is so trial and error. Or you could go to these next-gen telepsychiatry companies where their real interest is getting you on meds, keeping you on meds, uh, and not prescribing you meds that may be a right fit for your body. Really, like the way we view the future of telehealth and psychiatry together is it's going to be a system where the human is in the loop. Patients and patient outcomes are always going to be number one. And we're going to be using the best practices, whether that be genetics or EHR data uh, or care management um, or remote patient monitoring or other tools in our toolkit to really move the needle on making care better using these tools. Okay, good. When we're obviously looking at building better mental health, we've obviously looked at sort of three factors there, continuity, efficacy, and also the access to care. But when we're looking over the future coming forward, what are we looking at, especially with folks on you guys, for example, what is it, what priority are doing and where do you think the space is going to be in the next, say, three to five years' time? Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, right, just like kind of running through the problems of, right, like access and all the stigma and availability and then no follow-up between visits and trial and error selection of antidepressants and then these underserved patient populations not being included in clinical trials. And, you know, it's, I think the future is going to be where mental health is going to be a more quantitative, more data-driven discipline, right? Where, you know, look at other fields of medicine. In cancer therapeutics, for example, we have precision medicine now. We have tools that can tailor treatment to your body, you know, and, um, you know, you can't imagine that in other disciplines, they would be treated in the way that mental health is treated today. You know, two people walk in the door, they're going to get different treatment based on their body and their biology. Uh, let's say you get a bone fracture, you're going to get imaging. We're going to use data to inform how you're going to get that care, right? But in mental health, there's really no biomarkers, no metrics that we use other than to say, you know, all right, like, why don't we try this first line treatment and let's see what happens by and large. So I think in the next five to 10 years, it's not just going to be about moving towards telemedicine, although I think care will largely be digital uh, as a means of improving access. It's going to be about better care, better outcomes, and a focus and optimization around the patient where everyone's going to come to expect data-driven care. You know, at Prairie, how, how we want to push that forward is using the best-in-class data across genetics, using evidence-based care uh, to get you on the right dose, uh, prevent adverse drug reactions and side effects, and eliminate the use of medications that are going to be genetically incongruent with your body. So medications that your body are not going to be able to process. Um, we also use AI and ML on phenotypic data sets. So using the best in class, oh, excuse me, uh, yeah, we, we use that kind of best-in-class research uh, to, um, you know, to basically say, hey, there's like hundreds of thousands, millions of people who have gone through this treatment process before. Why can't we use their data to inform your care? You know, other people have gone through this trial and error process before. Why can't we use that to shortcut your trial and error process so that we get you on the right treatment the first time? So. You know, again, that's our way of pushing things forward. We think five to 10 years from now, whenever a patient walks into a clinic, whether that be us or that be someone else, 
my vision is that they're going to be able to see more data-driven care. They're going to be able to feel like their body, their biomarkers, you know, their condition is being taken seriously and uh, their body is being used to inform their care. Yeah. When we're looking at the trinary, like you were saying then, how easy is it to actually access data to obviously reduce that anyway? So that's a great question. Um, good data is hard to come by. And, you know, what we're doing at Prairie is building up this flywheel of data by managing patients from the point of diagnosis to the point of treatment with our contracted providers. Um, so we're able to build up this data flywheel and this better data set for us to continue to train these models and improve them. But where to find good data today? You know, in the United States, a lot of the data sets are unfortunately pretty fragmented. Uh, we have unfortunately a, a non-single payer healthcare system uh, for better or for worse. And uh, what that means is that you have all this claims data, all this EHR data that's fragmented across many different health systems, many different payers. Really, you're gonna find the best data from single payer healthcare systems like the NHS in the UK, uh, which we, we work with to, uh, to develop some of our research. But you also see great data coming out of Canada, great data coming out of uh, other major single payer systems. Uh, and even in the United States, like systems like the VA have great data um, but by and large, data in the United States is a bit more fragmented. When you look in even sort of further scope, is there anyone specific in the space now which you look at and you think, actually, what them guys are doing is great as well as Priory Health for? Yeah, there's a number of players that are really moving the needle on mental health care. Um, and too many to list here, but I think, you know, it, it extends from people making a difference in employer-based healthcare uh, who are moving the needle on kind of lower tiers of care where sometimes people just need a lower barrier, like not psychiatry is not for everyone, right? And sometimes people need coaching. Sometimes people need therapy. And we think that there's a lot of real great innovation going on in those areas where people are now able to access care on their own terms and um, you know more affordably, more accessibly. So we're really excited about that. Uh, we're also excited about some of the work that's being done in psychedelics, for example. Um, there's a lot of really interesting research showing that psychedelics could potentially move the needle in psychiatry. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of really promising research and, and companies emerging in that area. Yeah, personally, to be honest with you, I think there's gonna be a lot more of a focus on the employer market, especially from the work I've done, especially helping people expand their teams. Um, there's a lot of people obviously over the past year where they are working from home there is a lot of stress within the workplace and I think for employers I think it should be a huge thing which they should be actually looking at offering to people within the workforce especially it will save them a lot of money in the long term obviously keeps people a lot healthier um, and also keeps the workforce person I think more efficient um, what's your kind of thoughts do you think you guys are going to do a lot of work with employers this year or yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, we're bread and butter, a direct to consumer business. You know, we work with groups like, you know, therapy groups and primary care physicians who need places to send their patients uh, for psychiatric services. Um, today, we don't really have an intention of moving into the employer market, uh, but we think that there's a great opportunity for collaboration 
with those companies in the employer market to help serve their population uh, with psychiatric needs. Um, ultimately, we're, you know, our primary interest is in making sure that we're aligning incentives around the right people. And for us, that means stripping out all the other stakeholders today, like payers, like health systems, like employers, like, like you know, even providers to a degree, and focusing solely on what matters most, which is patients and patient outcomes. And for us, the way that we do that is by being a direct consumer company. Obviously, we've had a great chat looking at the work we're looking at doing currently within the take psychiatry space. Specifically, what do you guys at Priory have to offer? That's, uh, thanks for asking, Herbie. So, you know, at Prairie, our mission is very simple. We are hoping to leverage research and technology to empower everyone to achieve better mental health. And, you know, what that looks like in practice is, you know, we really try and make mental health care simple, data-driven, and more effective. Um, you know, you'll sign up on our website. We charge a flat $99 a month for our care program. There's no surprise bills, no challenges navigating insurance, no long wait for care. Once you sign up, you'll meet with a care team and your care manager to discuss your goals. And then with a few days, you're gonna receive a saliva-based genetics test directly to your door. Uh, you'll spit in that, send it back to our CLIA certified lab for processing. And then the psychiatrist we work with will use that alongside your medical history and other data streams that we provide them to help personalize your care to create a more informed treatment plan for you and your body. One not necessarily made for some 200 pound white guy in which these medications were developed, but rather one made for you, your body and your genes. Um, and then in the subsequent months, uh, unlike the current standard of care, you're gonna be able to talk to your care manager, uh, talk to your psychiatrist over a video call and get your medications delivered straight to your door. Um, where instead of six to 12 weeks to follow up, there's gonna be someone who's by your side every day uh, to engage with you and make sure that your care is going well. From that, is it something where it's used on an application where you can just send your psychiatrist a message and they get straight back to you or? Yeah, you'll have a direct texting line with your care team. So unlike long voicemails on the phone or figuring out, you know, after having to schedule another appointment to talk to your doc, uh, we think that care should just be easier. Like, you know, why, why is Amazon so great? And you can have such a fantastic experience getting consumer goods, but getting healthcare is such an archaic experience. You know, we're trying to level that playing field. Um, and exactly, you know, you're, you'd have a direct texting line to your, to your care team where you're going to be like, hey, like I'm feeling this, uh, or I need a medication refill, or you know, these are the things that I'm experiencing. And they'll get back to you right away, make sure that you're taken care of. Okay. So obviously what we're saying, is there anything, Morris, that you'd like to obviously say to the listener, really, um, regarding what we've spoken about today, get your point across? You know, out of all that we've spoken about today across improving access to care and efficacy of care and continuity of care, we think all of that's important. But when push comes to shove, it's about you and it's about the people who may be suffering with, uh, with your mental health today. And, you know, I think our message to you is that, uh, you know, we really have an opportunity to be stronger together by leading with empathy and with care. And we're here for you. And I think there's a lot of resources out there 
um, that are doing the right thing and moving the needle to make things better. Um, and you're certainly not alone in your struggle. People shouldn't have to wait and should they see a psychiatrist at the end of the day. They shouldn't have to suffer, obviously, from trial and error process. They shouldn't have to spend months actually looking at recovering. Really by obviously using telehealth, offering say psychiatry, it's going to offer a higher chance of people obviously recover faster and to a much better standard. And I think it needs to be known by a lot more people. I think it really needs to be pushed out there. It's been great to obviously have a chat about it. Absolutely. Thanks, Herbie. So that was my same conversation with Morris Chan, CEO and co-founder of Priory Health. I'd like to thank Morris for his time and his insight, and I'll be looking forward to seeing our Priory Health develop in this exciting market. If you'd like to listen to, read, or watch any more of my MedTech content, go to searchitmedical.com. And for more podcasts like this about the markets Charles Morris serve, please subscribe to CM Conversations. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Herbie Laidlaw. Bye for now.